1: catch post game show the warriors meet the san antonio spurs 144 113 1-0 in the second half of the season season starts tonight i got aaron (laughs) large across from me (laughs) that's how you know you've had a kind of like that type of season where anytime you have a big win you're like season starts today
2: yeah i mean look at all the uh the demons exercise the uh the, the, the road what? troubles, Does, are the Warriors still the, the worst? Do they still have the worst? I would imagine still the worst road record in the league. They no longer have the best home record. It reminded me of the fact that the Warriors had a, I believe it was 32-game uh, road-moving streak was, to the Spurs, was, a lot of which took place there.
1: I was going to say, uh, you and I, um, on the older end of the spectrum of fans, <laughs> winning in San Antonio means something, mm-hmm. more so than it probably means to the younger fans who aren't used to this just being the house of horrors. So like, even though they suck, it, it still kind of felt good to get
2: that win. In San Antonio. Yeah, I think it was like 97 to, it was a 21 year streak. I believe. I think it was like 97 to 2016 that the, uh, I was in middle school. Never won. I was a, I was in, a, uh, I was in a regular season game on there. I was in middle school in 97. And, um, I will not participate in this portion of the discussion
1: since <laughs> <laughs> I reveal you, my true age. You, I'll let you guys figure it out. But my point is, I, I mean, San Antonio, obviously, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, everything like they're gold standard forever. They're going through a uh, poor period now. Uh, but man, uh, when they're we talk about the the arena real quick, like, mm-hmm. did that feel like Final Four to you? Like, just like the yeah, side it, lines, Dante the said that, yeah. No wonder Dante played so well. Dante, nice. Dante looked like he was just like, I got this wink, final four, swish shooting like he's Steph Curry. Um, but no, I I don't know. I I, I guess I want your opinion. Do you like for, forget the football stadium thing because that's yeah. not good for anyone, uh, right. like in terms of a repeatable thing. Do you like the sight lines you get from that? The way they shoot the camera, because like you get a you get a better view of what's going on, but you don't get as much
2: close up. So I do like it for TV. I know guys usually hate it. Players usually hate it um, mm-hmm. in in college and in the NBA, you know, when they do the Final Fours in, in these sure. huge cavernous places. Or, you know, when they do the college games on the mm-hmm. on the battleship, all of that. Um, it just, it, it it fucks with your jump shot. It, it kind of messes with you, which is why. Oh, you oh, don't see the. And it is a reason why, like your depth perception is usually off. A lot mm-hmm. of guys you see through the backboard and, and use that that like first uh you know the lower bowl crowd and that's going to be different um and the angles are different because you know normally arenas are closer together and are steeper the fans are steeper so i know the guys don't like it but i think it's a good thing on tv it, it, it's a good product yeah i also think like um and this has well it's not
1: about the arena but like they probably can't get these angles without the kind of wider lens that a football reading gets. Like mm-hmm. you got a lot more of those kind of, you could see downward and see what's going on in the court from kind of a coach's view. More. Yeah. Fo- it looks more, more sp- like
2: video game view. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You know, a surprise, not surprisingly, probably or maybe not, because they're professionals and shoot a million threes anyway. But the Warriors shot the ball really well on jump shots today, and th- that usually takes some getting used to. Of course, you're going to have time to practice, and I would imagine both teams did their walkthroughs if they did them uh, this morning at the arena to kind of you yeah. know try to get used to it. But it's uh, it, it usually takes some some adjusting, which is why you know in, in college basketball. Tournaments, you know, the conference tournaments, and then in the, the Yeah, they fly the out actual tournaments and yeah the first half under is usually the best the bet the play, in the world yeah. because it takes guys, you know, chance to get used to it. Guys are amped up. As I would imagine, the Warriors and Spurs were tonight because of the different environment, because of the, you know, try to sell the building out or break the record, which they ended up doing. So usually the first half unders tend to be the bet for, for those things. And it looked like that at the beginning of the game, and then the Warriors go on the, the late first quarter run. Um and then have, whatever, 72 or 74, whatever it was, by by halftime.
1: Yeah. So, like, I feel like once once you get beyond that to the basketball side of it, like, the big takeaway here is they played Warriors basketball. They're clearly the superior team to the Spurs when they lock in. Um, very balanced scoring. Steph really didn't assert himself. I mean, the box score says it all. Jordan Poole led the way, but it's like, what, nine players? In double digits
2: tonight i mean no one that was 20. obvious though right like that yeah. was predictable yeah jordan pool with that many people there whatever what it was a sixty-eight thousand something i think the final number was right there's there's going to be the requisite number of baddies for jordan Poole to <laughs> do his thing of course there he had the you know dribble off his leg turnovers when he's trying to do too much but jordan pool is going to get buckets when there's that number of baddies although charles barkley would would tell you that is not the city for that sort of thing No, no, not at all.
1: Um, Clay, excellent. And, like, the the big thing for me is, like, look, we're going to talk about this in a second. And the Warriors do have some roster holes they probably should address as we get to the trade deadline. But, like, when this team mentally locks in, they're a very good team. They may only have two big men, but they have a lot of players who know how to play basketball and know how to play the Warriors' system of basketball. And when they're committed to it, they're a very dangerous team. And tonight was a perfect example of that. Like Dante, I mean, he was meant to play on the Warriors. He's probably not going to be on the Warriors next year when you look at his opt out and someone's going to pay him more than the taxpayer mid level, which is all they can pay him. Um, But like, you know, you, you look at him meant to be a warrior. Um, Clay and Steph, when they are locked in mentally, as dangerous as ever. Wiggins can keep
2: going down the line. Just they know how to play. Yeah. I listened to uh, to you and Andy, uh, your kind of midseason grade show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to it last night. I, maybe it came out the day before, but I listened to it last night. And by the way, if you I don't listen the, to it, you should. Yeah. Yeah. You should. It's good. It's, yeah. You guys are, you guys are in good form there. It's, it's actually, it's funny too. Um, I, I don't know why I said that like it was a surprise like it was actually funny um, <laughs> but one of the things I will not reveal anything for those that haven't listened yet but I think the most and you saw it again tonight which is why I'm bringing it up I think the the biggest development or the most positive development I guess it, is a better way to put it from the first half of the season because it's probably not the biggest development is that it looks kind of like clay is clay again yeah. and when I say clay is clay again I mean like before he got hurt Clay is he 100% back? No. But he looks like 90 92 95% back as opposed to there were con- I had them concerns that Dude, you know first, he was 76% first, back and that was it. The first couple of months I was like do they have to
1: wave him? Kind of bad like yeah, I mean, I I mean I, I'm, good. I'm 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 being hyperbolic but it's just like you know it was it was pretty bad there and like he looks excellent really since Steph has got injured. If we're being honest yeah. about it, I do I I will continue to think like a player who's that historically good. Like he's a first bound hall of famer. He's been in every big game that matters. um, A certain level of pride and like comes into it when it's like, you know, I got to step up or we're screwed coming with him. But like, he looks excellent right now.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I am struck by this and yes, Tommy and I were arguing about this during the game a little bit on Twitter. Um, you can say that there are that are need there are definitely needs, and we'll get into it in a little bit here, um, and what to do about that. But since Steph and Wiggins have have come back, this is even without Kaminga and without Wiseman and without Jamichael Green, the Warriors seem to be now have like just guys, like a lot of guys that can play. They're not all great, but there are a lot of guys. So you can see, like you know, often it, it's it's no longer like. You know, Ty Jerome, look, uh, we need like 25 minutes for can, can we buy five minutes here? Yeah. It Like they just kind of come in waves and they keep having guys. It, it reminded me, there was a game, there was a game some years ago. It may have even been a preseason game with the Warriors. And this is at the Warriors at their height. And I'm not comparing it to that. But, and this is not a strength in numbers. You know, the guys aren't that good enough for that. But there was a, like a preseason game and the Warriors just kicked the shit out of somebody. And I was struck by the end of the game because the Warriors put their scrubs in and you're like, well, actually they don't have any, <laughs> You put the scrubs in you know. and they're still like NBA guys. Um, and that's kind of what it feels like. You know, it's, it's Poole and DiVincenzo and now Iggy's back and, you know, wait for, and I, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge fan, but they're getting production from the two way guy. Like, and you know, when Kaminga comes back, Moody played a bunch today and was okay, um, the Warriors just have. It seems like they have quite a few options. I I don't know. Is Patrick Baldwin injured? Why didn't he make the him not making they the, send the trip weird. Him to Santa Cruz? They... But this is exactly the time when he's going to get right. First, there's a need for guys that size, and secondly, yes. it was obvious when he put Moody in so early that like this is the game. Which frankly, you guys graded uh, the coaching staff harshly on this, and I agree with you. Frankly, this is what they should have been doing at the beginning of the year is getting these guys run, right? Getting Moody run, getting Patrick Baldwin run, sure. getting Kaminga run. Wiseman, will set aside for now. But this is a game against a team that you're obviously going to beat the shit out of the Spurs. The Spurs are terrible and trying to lose. This is the time to bring Patrick Baldwin and say, here's 15 yeah. minutes. And and who knows? They'll probably... I wouldn't be surprised if he flew out on the rest of the
1: road trip. Um, but you bring, you bring up the point. You bring up the point. <laughs> I want to bring up Steve Kerr here real quick because he said this like 15 minutes ago. It's pretty good. I'm going to play it for you real quick. Been inserting him early, you know, as as his rotation pattern. Uh, Why?
4: Um, Right now he's our third big. Um, (laughs) And so. Iggy
2: that he's talking about.
4: um, I don't know that that will continue to be the rotation pattern, but um, we we like to have either Loon or Draymond on the floor. Uh, at all times, so um, Andre's coming in uh, for Loon early, um, so he's our you know playing the four with Draymond at the five, and then you know Loon comes back for Draymond, and and um, you know Andre stays at uh, in that lineup and plays with Loon. So it's um, it, it just it seems to work well that way, where he can pair with either one of those guys. You
1: thought okay. of, of Andre? I think he's played what now three games just. What have you thought?
4: Uh, Andres, he looks great. You know, he's uh, he's so smart. Uh, He's so long and athletic and versatile defensively. And then uh, just, you know, another passer playmaker on offense. Um, So he's uh, he he just whatever lineup he's out there with, he makes better. And um, so, you know, knock on wood, hopefully um, continues to uh, to stay healthy and um, do you believe him? Because you... I, I had
2: a theory. I, I had a theory going into this and what he's saying makes sense. Mm-hmm. But going into this, I had a theory. I, I tweeted this that I thought it was, they were going to the death lineup immediately because they wanted to get the Spurs up out of here and they've just get on, not, get on positive. so, you don't, have, so you, don't have, you don't have to have the guys play. You don't have to have yeah. the real guys play many minutes, which ended up kind of happening, even though like Draymond played late. And I think Loon was in at the end. That was one thought. My other thought was trying to send a message to pool. Like, you're coming off the bench now. You're not starting anymore. And you're not the sixth man anymore. Get it together. I thought oh, it was-
1: see, I didn't, I didn't see it as a pool message. I saw it as a message to to Bob Myers and Joe Lacob.
2: <laughs> and, and, get me somebody in here
1: and, and, and I think that's kind of what I want to say from you. He purposely called him his third big. Mm-hmm. Um, And for those listening, the face... Um was the face of a coach who felt weird calling a small forward a big. So I, I think to me, it was Steve sending a message like, This is our best option to win. Um, I don't know if these guys can do it for another 40 games in terms of can Andre Godala play the power forward for 40 more games? You he heard him. He's like, yeah, hopefully he'll be fine, that sort of thing, right?
2: Like, um, and he's I'm surprised it took Steve this long. Because the I mean, first game, I think co-
1: he said for a couple of weeks now, where he's just like, I'm concerned about Draymond and Loon holding yeah, up. Yeah, that's what I think. And,
2: and uh, maybe it wasn't his first game back. Maybe it was his second game back. Uh, mm-hmm. Iggy. I think he did it in his first game back too. But it was I, I was struck by um, him like battling Bismack Biombo a bunch and Daria and Saric and drawing offensive fouls and fighting them both in the <laughs> post. I mean, it was like pretty obvious he was playing center a bunch and just got back and. We don't know how his body is he can, doing in general. He can, so.
1: he can do it, like it's admirable. Do you want him doing a January game? That sounds like a way to make sure he doesn't play in May, you know? Like that that's kind of like what it to me, that seems like the message because when I watch the Warriors, I see the same thing you see, which is like they kind of have a lot of guys who can play the Warriors' way. Like, say what you want, they know what they want out of their players. The coaching staff does. Um, except for at the big man positions. It's just Draymond and Looney right now. Um, Jermichael Green has the infection, mm-hmm. and he'll come back, but he's not a Warriors big, not the way that they want Certainly him. not thus far. No, and, and James Wiseman, I mean, we can go through it for the hundredth, billionth time. But again, <laughs> is he – okay, let me ask you this. Let me back yep. this up. Okay. When I say a Warriors big, what do you think of? Um, I think skill set, this- skill set wise, not like just what if I say what does Steve Kerr want out of a big man, ignoring like superstars?
2: Because like, yeah. yes, he'll, he'll, obviously he'd love to have Joel Embiid. Who would? Right? No, sure, but he would also like it's two things though. I mean, he would also. I mean the, the the there's the okay so what does he what does he want and what does he need i guess are the two ways to put it what does he sure. need is he needs boget he needs zaza he needs adults in the room guys that are really good screen setters that in a pinch can can catch a lob um and that can hopefully function slightly as like a, a the the what is it the hub you know like the uh, the whatever the center of the wheel, you know, with all the spokes going around, that's what Draymond does at an elite level. Um, and honestly, it's kind of, Looney's getting really good at doing it. He, like, he is.
1: Run the split cut. You can be trusted to make a decision
2: to pass it to the right player. So, and, and I think the biggest one, the, the two things, the, the two main things that have to be there are defensive competence. Yeah. And like, you're not going to bury us. And offensively, you are a solid screen setter. The IQ stuff, you know, that you used to get from Bogut, that you get from Draymond with the passing and all of that, that's what you would want. But what you need to do is be a solid screen setter and competent defensively. And right now, James Wiseman is neither of those. Yeah. So what do you think Steve actually wants, though, from that position? I think he would, I mean, I I, I think he would, like, he would love, like, a some kind of, let's call it, like, a... um jaVale mcgee slash andrew bogut uh like hybrid right bogut didn't have the 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 lift anymore to really be a lob threat like jaVale was get that vertical and, and
1: jaVale doesn't thing. have the, the the you know vision and passing ability to kind of function
2: like as a uh you know Correct. DHL guy and that's stuff. so one of he other. doesn't and he doesn't have the iq the defensive iq that bogut had the positioning and all of that but he does have the length and athletic ability like james has to be a deterrent as a shot blocker. Um, so I think you would want like, I think if, if you could, if you could have him design a, a center in a lab, uh, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr, it would be the IQ and skill of Andrew Bogut with the length and body and athleticism of Javelle McGee. Although okay. everybody would like that guy. So it's not, I don't think it's just Steve, but I think those things are even more emphasized in the Warriors, the Warriors system, especially the screening.
0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com.
1: So let's talk about a uh, one Jakob Purtle then. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're playing against the Spurs. They blew the Spurs out. Honestly, they should always blow the Spurs out if they're healthy. Like the talent gap between the two teams is absurdly wide. Purtle I think he showed some good stuff and he also looked limited tonight, but like, I, because that's who he is. He's, also- a, he's
2: a good but limited player, yeah.
1: There are, there's a huge talent gap between the two teams. Yeah. Um what are your thoughts on a one Jakob Pertl?
2: I think you and I have talked about it on this show before and and Tommy and I were arguing about it on Twitter earlier today. Sure. Um I don't think it's he's right for the Warriors. Uh he is he he's he's good. He's a good defender. He's not great. He's good. He, he changes shots. He is not embarrassing on the perimeter. He's not great, but he's not embarrassing on the perimeter. He's enormous. He's a really good rebounder, uh, especially offensively. He's a, he's a good defensive rebounder. He's a great offensive rebounder. He's yes. He's a really good rebounder overall. He's, he has some skill. He's not going to shoot the ball, but he has some skill as far as passing. So there's, there are plenty of things to like. Oh, I think it's um, an
1: excellent I think he's an excellent passer. I think that's the skill that's probably most attractive to the War. Well, no. I, the off- I think it would be all- the offensive rebounding, and the, the, rebounding the, yeah. the rebounding and screen setting is the most yeah. attractive, but the passing's pretty high up there.
2: The problem though is and this is going to be the problem for and yes, the Warriors need bodies. And I don't know why other than tax avoidance. I don't know why and it's hard to call penny pinching when you have the the biggest sure. pay- the biggest yeah, at some point ever. you hit a limit. Yeah. Right. So it's hard to call it penny pinching, but the penny pinching like i don't what i don't understand is why there isn't a 10-day guy that why there there are competent bigs all over the place always right? it is the it is the position where there are guys at the minimum available free agents still that are nba caliber players all over the place that's not true of wings it's not true of point guards it's definitely not true of wings centers (laughs) they're all over the place right if you go down like if you go to available free agent, pick you know a basketball website and go to currently available free agents and sort by height so the tallest guys are first, you're going to find a bunch of, like... Shout out to
1: Dwayne Dedman. Comp-
2: right, he was exactly. literally
1: a guy that the, the Heat picked up a year ago
2: who was it was surprising, couldn't find a job. But, yeah, to your point. Or, or, you know, whatever. Like, Bielitsa is technically... But, like, my point is there are guys that are not in the NBA that are, like... It doesn't take much squinting to say, like, is he any good? No, but like, fine. My problem with Pirtle for the Warriors isn't really a Pirtle question; it is a position question. The only argument I see to trade for a center is that Loon and Dre are like dying <laughs> in the playoffs. Be- do- in the play, but in the playoffs, I don't get it because in the playoffs, Kevon Looney is going to start at center, and in the Third of the games that he doesn't start at center, Draymond is going to start at center. Sure. But in normal games, Loon is going to play what, 22 minutes at center? 20 minutes? At Tw- center? I would say 20, 18, 20, 18 to 20. 20? Let's call it 20. Like
1: a decent enough guess. Yeah.
2: Okay. Let's call it 20. And Draymond's going to play 20 minutes at center too. So here, there's eight minutes left. Is the gap, the the, the incremental, the marginal improvement that you're going to get in the other eight minutes from Jakob Pertel over? Wiseman or insert free agent minimum big is that worth giving up on James Wiseman not to me now if your argument is these guys are dying and we need to get to the playoffs okay but then I would still say yeah okay if you need somebody to an innings eater to soak up some minutes fine then just go get a free agent go sign a minimum free agent so I I hear
1: you on that the innings eater thing is true and. My general position on this is: I want to see what the market actually looks like when we get to the last week of the trade deadline to make a determination of, you know, oh, is a Mason Plumley potentially going to get bought out? Not as good as Pirtle, but Plumley on the buyout market's better than giving up an asset for Pertle, right? Like from, from just like, and it's not even an asset; it's Wiseman because like, sure, the contract it has to be sure. But like, you're just thinking it through. I'm going to push back on your argument regarding positional need. Let's just think this one through Mm -hmm. a little bit. Okay. So, you are right. There are certain matchups where the Warriors are going to want to go 25 minutes of Draymond at center. And those matchups, it's kind of like Looney or Pertle, one or the other. You don't really need both, right? Mm -hmm. But there's going to be matchups where they want to go big a little more. And that's where having an extra body helps. And more than anything, I'm just looking at this from a foul, fouling standpoint, and this is a general flow. They need a third big. Would it be ideal if the third big could play with both Draymond and and Looney? Yes. But I'll take someone like Pirtle who I can trust, let's just say 20 minutes a game. I don't think he could really play more than 20 in the playoffs, at least when you get to the better competition. I think 20 is probably who he is if you're talking about adding a 15 to 20 minute per game player, I think that could swing a playoff series. I think that's the type of thing that can save you from going seven
2: in a playoff series. Okay. So then the question, the follow-up question is sure. Like it would be nice to have. Sure. But we'll use Yaka Purtle as the example, because that's who we're talking about. Sure. Is the difference between Yaka Purtle and whoever else that other guy would be, whether it's Wiseman whether it's Jamichael Green, frankly, whether it's Iguodala soaking up those fouls, or whether it's insert buyout guy or insert free agent big man, right? Like Derek Favors was just signed to a 10-day, whatever. Is the difference between Jakob Purtle and Derek Favors yes. giving up on Wiseman? To me, it's not. I don't know the answer to that.
1: I got to see where we land on that one. But I do think Purtle's a lot better than Derek Favors. Now, well, of course he is. We'll we'll see we'll see who comes on the buyout market, but to me, James Wiseman's in year three and he's showed nothing. Mm-hmm. He's trending more towards becoming Hassan Whiteside than he is towards becoming
2: Hassan a Whiteside. Star. Got a ma- Hassan Whiteside got a max contract. Does that mean he's worth it? <laughs> no, of course not. But he so has to show something to get to I get. I mean, he's a talented player. I think, by the way, That's I think point. the Warriors would be, I mean, would take talented. it if he's as good as Hassan Whiteside. He's, at this point. he's a talented player, but my
1: point is, you can find that.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I don't well, think yeah, you can th- literally you're...
2: find us on Whiteside now
1: you're... for the minimum. I'm not even trying to be a dick about it, but yeah, you can find that. Um, yes. Someone like Pertle, who fits their system, who can fill in for Looney, who can do various other uh, things that they require of a big man. Might, that might get you three more wins. Three wins. Th- right now, they're three wins away from the three seed. And you're three talking about losses, in the regular so... season. Yeah. I mean both things are true. They could they could be the 3 seed, they could be the 10 seed right now. You know what I'm saying? Like they're at a certain point they have to address that problem too. So I I don't know if I would do it. I for me I need to see what my available options are come trade deadline and like you if I if I'm going to trade James Wiseman even as disappointing as he's been the whole thing. Right. I would like someone with more versatility than someone who I think caps out at 18 minutes per game in a playoff series, right? Like just being yes. real, I would, yeah. but we get to the, we get to the deadline. I don't know if my options are
2: better than that. So
1: I just, I I don't want to poo poo. It is basically what I'm down
2: to. No, I no, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question to ask. And I think it's a reasonable discussion. I just end up on the side of when the games really matter, I'm getting eight. 10, 12 minutes from this guy. And also I, I, I reject that because I
1: think he's, I mean, I think he's, I think he's better than Looney in a lot of situations.
2: So him shoot a, have you watched him shoot a free throw? True, true. That's true. That's a thing in the playoffs too. True. Uh, and it's not about though. No, portal's a good player. It's about the, it's about the, like what the difference is. And if the marginal difference between Pearl and whoever else would be feeling Whatever you say those minutes are, I say they're eight to 10. You might say 15. I'm close to 15. Yeah. Yeah. Fine.
1: What if adding a player like him makes it easier for someone like Kuminga or Moody to play in the playoffs? Because now you have a central hub who anchors your defense and you have less, you need to play less smoke and mirrors on the back line. So someone like Kuminga can just truly be kind of like, you st- Stick to him. Seek and destroy. I don't need you helping the back line because I'm doing yeah. that. Sort of stuff. Like I- I'm looking at it through the lens of does this acquisition solidify things to make other players better to make it worth
2: it too? So I've, that's a fair argument also. Mm-hmm. And my response to that is, and this is the other part of it, is that why I think you can get away with... Well, let me go back to one other thing and then I'll get to that. The other thing about trading Wiseman is even if you have as an organization kind of given up on him or not given up, but you're not you're ready to, optimistic you're ready about to move it, on. To this is thing. about the lowest his trade value. Like this sure. is the lowest his trade value is going to be. Is it going to get like, I mean, can it be nothing? I suppose it could, but like, this is certainly not a you, high you, point. You're, you're correct. Like no matter how bad it is now, they can get more firm in the summer. And the other thing about, you know, those, what I call eight to 10 minutes, what you call 15 um, I think it matters less how good that player is in the playoffs specifically because, yes, the starters are playing more, obviously, which is going to be Looney and Draymond for the most part. But the other teams, right, going up against, let's call it, let's call it Wiseman, right? Let's let's take extremes. Let's call it, let's say it's either Jakob or James Wiseman. Okay, well, James Wiseman is going to be going against second-unit guys. And you can probably get away with it more with Iguodala or, theoretically, Jamichael or even Kaminga playing a few center minutes because sure. the second-unit guys for the other teams aren't as good. Like, when I'm saying, like, was oh, it Pearl or Wiseman, let's say, well, you don't have to re- – it's not really which one of those guys is going to be guarding Joker, right? It's which one of those guys is going to be fighting, like, let's say last year, which one of those guys is going to be fighting DeMarcus Cousins, right? Sure. Like, Second unit centers are worse and generally smaller. So I think you have more leeway to get away with it with kind of patching it together. What, what do you say to the idea that Looney's starting to
1: look worn down and maybe he needs to be the second unit center? Maybe they need a starting center. I mean, I, to me, when I look at the Warriors team, I'm, they need to they need to add a player who can make an impact in the front court. I don't, and, I don't I don't reject that. I don't reject that. I reject the center thing I don't reject front court I agree with you I'd rather it not be a center but if the best available option is a center I'd rather rock with that than like be like well I don't want a center I'm waiting for like the mythical auto porter 2.0 you know um, who I, you know I'm a big auto guy but like it's, it's not <laughs> I mean, I mean that's his, the foot, Raptor his, his, his foot his right foot literally his foot fell off in the yeah. process you know he gave his foot for the ring yeah, to be fair, I'm sure he would do it again. I
2: appreciate it, Otto, but um, give the, give the other one,
1: yeah, and, and and have uh, you know, Bob Myers push him around all day. So, <laughs> but yeah,
2: um, I don't going know until they're going to the ring ceremony and what in 20, I just I, in 23 in the uh, I, the Paul Pierce wheelchair. I want to wrap it on this because you know, we'll keep it short
1: tonight. Um, I don't want them to acquire a center just because like we've seen for years upon years, this team's better with versatility around staff. Yeah. Uh, but if, if it's a center who can play versus I don't know, a mystery box, I'll take the center. You know what I'm saying?
2: Like it, sure, it's not you, my, but then you're trading James my, Wiseman, the mystery box. Then you're trading James Wiseman. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But you're trading James Wiseman and you know, whatever with some movie i think it's uh, unforgiven which is a great movie right when when uh uh-huh. when uh, clint eastwood will put aside the problematic nature of clint eastwood but he tells the you know the young gunfighter ask him if you ever kill a man and you said like you take everything that he is and everything that he was and everything that he could be or is going to be like if you trade james wiseman that's it i'm certainly not optimistic anymore about james wiseman but the reason he has any trade value at this point is because yes he was a number two pick and, yes, there's all this, you know, the tantalizing moment. I'm not against trading James Wiseman. I'm just going to need a little bit more than somebody I think is going to play eight to ten minutes in the playoff series. Okay. We'll leave it at that. You guys
1: give us your thoughts on on that one. Appreciate you. Aaron. Anytime.